Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Property Marketers Show with Cole Correa. So today we will be speaking with Dr. Peter Staritz. He is a professor, assistant professor at Taylor University located in Upland, Indiana. Taylor University is a Christian liberal arts university that has been around since 1846. So Dr. Peter Staritz with several years in mechanical engineering and robotics, Peter, Dr. Peter Starz has achieved a BE in mechanical engineering and a PhD in robotics. He has extensive, extensive experience in the world of robotics, along with his work across borders, constructing hospitals in rural areas across Southeast Asia. So today, Peter. Dr. Peter Staritz will give this give his take on 3D printing, the future of using 3D printing on Mars, and how 3D printing works from a practical perspective. In this new episode of the show, we will speak about the future implementations of the project at Taylor University and provide valuable insight for those who are looking for more insight into 3D printing, uh, 3D printed buildings. So I hope everybody has a pen and paper for this new episode of the Property Marketers Show. And we will be sitting down with Dr. Peter Starts um, to tell you more about everything that's going on at the university, everything that you need to know about building 3D printing. And I really thought this, this, this interview was really, really good because he touched on the background of 3D printing. He touched on how to actually use uh, 3D printing for these implementations onto Mars. So I really feel everybody, like I said, bring a pen and paper for this new episode and sit tight to hear Dr. Peter Staritz uh, give his take on 3D printing and 3D printed buildings. Stay tuned and here's the interview coming up next. Thank you and have a great rest of your day, everyone. Taylor, uh, Taylor University. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're good. Um, Peter, Peter is an assistant professor at Taylor um, University. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking about the project that he's working on with his students uh, regarding 3D printing and 3D printed buildings. Um, okay, so I already asked Peter how he's doing. He's doing great today. Um, I wanted to get started by really asking him to introduce himself a little bit more. Uh, could you please give um, a, just a little bit of an introduction about yourself, Peter? Sure. Um, I am a uh, mechanical engineering professor, or pro actually, technically, I guess I'm a professor of physics and engineering at Taylor University, which is located in Indiana. Um, we teach undergraduate students, and uh, as part of our engineering program, uh, we do a whole bunch of uh, uh, projects and interesting things with the students. Um, and that's where this this Mars research comes in. Awesome, yeah. Um, so, Peter, how much do you know about three D printing? Um, is this your first time kind of uh, diving into it with this project? And how much do you kind of know about it? So that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I'm familiar with three D printing, and I've been doing three D printing using other people's machines, but this is the first time we're creating our own machine. So it is uh, definitely a learning experience. Awesome, awesome. And how's it how's it been going so far? It's going well. Um, the uh, the students did a great job. Um, 
there there were certain things that we didn't anticipate and so uh it certainly made it more complicated but mm -hmm. uh they learned a lot and they had a lot of fun awesome yeah and do you yourself kind of stay in touch with i know 3d printing is more of a futuristic idea um are you kind of into the idea of staying up to date um, on futuristic ideas like these and yeah like uh, what kind of brought your interest into 3d printing so i haven't been a professor uh, my whole life uh, i actually was in industry uh, for a long time i worked on a bunch of different things uh, mostly defense related stuff but also um, uh, self-driving cars and uh, and so yes i'm very much into uh, sort of cutting edge stuff, robotics. My PhD is actually in robotics. Um, and so um, I'm constantly reading uh, various websites to see what other people have come up with. And uh, when I was looking for something for the students to do, uh, this, uh, you know, the, the idea of 3D printing on Mars uh, was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we, we got to, we definitely have to uh, step right into the, the project here because um, I, I definitely want the, the audience to really realize uh, what, what this project is all about. Uh, could you give like some sort of a background about the project you're working on with the students? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the goals uh, that, that we've been shooting for as, as a nation, as a, as a people has been uh, to get people on Mars and eventually uh, groups like Elon Musk and SpaceX, they want to get lots of people on Mars. Mm -hmm. And if you, uh, if you want to put lots of people on Mars, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to take everything from Earth anymore uh, because it's just so expensive and so slow to bring things from Earth. So if you think about, for example, uh, habitats, places where people can live, you can build really good habitats on Earth and then launch them and, and send them all the way to Mars. But that's mm -hmm. not very efficient. So what we would like to do is we'd like to take materials that are available on Mars, what they call in-situ materials, and build structures, build houses um, out of uh, those materials. Mm -hmm. So it, would it be more so like recycling these materials and then using it for housing, correct? Well, maybe maybe recycling is a little bit, uh, it's more, I mean, it's, it's mining, right? I mean, you, mm -hmm. you do surface mining and you extract sulfur and basically regolith dirt um, and uh, the sulfur is the binding agent and but yes it's that idea like it's available there you have some machines to sort of pick it up and prepare it for for the 3d printer and then the 3d printer goes ahead and builds this uh, this structure and I, I I definitely want to touch on the 3d printing itself like do you do you know I um, kind of like how it works uh, with using these um, materials um how does like the 3d printing actually work <clears throat> so in this particular case uh because we are using materials available on mars um sulfur is the binding agent and mm -hmm. sulfur has a melting point around 120 celsius and so what you do is you combine um sulfur and sand at a at a proper ratio and then once you've got them mixed you um uh, you heat them up to 120, 140 Celsius um, and, and continue to mix them, which then creates basically like a really hot toothpaste. Mm -hmm. And you can extrude that out. Um, and if you control it as you extrude it, you can make very nice uh, structures. And then as it cools, it hardens. Um, mm -hmm. 
Okay. Does that answer your question? No, yeah, that definitely does. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, what What are some, so you, you started the project with the students. What are some interesting facts you've been finding so far? Hmm. Let me think about that. Yeah, take your time, no worries. <laughs> so a lot of the things that I've learned about this process really has to do with, uh, you know, where the students are, are excelling and, and not excelling, et cetera. So it's much more from an educational standpoint. Um, the, but actually, no, okay. So from a technolog technological standpoint, um, one of the things we learned is that there, there are um, key temperatures that are really uh, ideal for, for example, uh, extruding. Uh, so if you want to extrude a high quality uh, bead of material, um, there are key temperatures to hit for the extrusion temperature. And then there's another key temperature uh, that you want that material to be if you're trying to manipulate it after you've extruded it. So for example, what we would like to do is we'd like to make grooves in our previous layer. And so having the material at a particular temperature so that we can make those grooves and they don't collapse um, is, uh, is, was a sort of a key idea that we, we got out of this. There are other mm -hmm. things, um, and if you give me a minute, I can probably try to think of those as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Um, like what? Um, yeah. No, because I, I definitely wanted to touch on like uh, kind of like some of the interesting facts that you you're 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 touching on over there with the students. Uh, but yeah, take your take your time. If you need a minute, uh, we can we can definitely uh, think about it right right here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> another thing that uh, we learned in this process is that the the strength of the material really um, peaks with a, a precise ratio of sulfur to, um, to sand. And as you start to use uh, lunar, I'm sorry, Martian, let me say that again. As you start to use Martian regolith simulant, so uh, a simulant that is not just, you know, earth sand, but really Mars sand, mm -hmm. um, you start getting even better performance out of the material because there are chemical reactions that happen in the material when you heat it up. So, but it only happens with, with the kinds of uh, minerals and materials that are actually found in Martian uh, dirt. Um, so we, we have here, uh, there's a lab down in Florida that makes simulated Martian dirt. And we, we purchased some and are gonna experiment with it to see you know, if we find the, the same sort of uh, result. Wow. Okay, so you're you're collaborating with a uh, is this another university or another like uh, is, is another lab laboratory? Um, it is another university. I mean, it's a lab run by a university. We're not actually collaborating with them because they actually sell this as a product. If you would like to go okay. and purchase from Excellent Labs, they will sell you Martian dirt. <laughs> wow, I, I this is this is definitely something I need to write down <laughs> just in, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> um, so I also wanted to touch on, I wanted to know, does architecture play a factor in any of this uh, when you're actually building the building itself? How do you know like the right style of the home you would like to, to use on Mars? So that actually is a huge part of this. And it's not a part that we're looking at, but other researchers are looking at it pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, architecture has a lot a lot of impact on, on several key features uh, of these structures. Um, you know, the, the materials we're using are not identical to the ones on Earth. And so structurally, uh, we do have to 
pick and choose how we're going to build these structures um, mm -hmm. so that the forces are correct. Um, from the uh, from a functional standpoint, one of the big things that we're trying to accomplish when we build these structures is to protect astronauts from radiation. Um, because the atmosphere of Mars is so thin, uh, radiation makes it to the surface much, much more easily. And so it's, it's typical to create or to, to envision structures that have a thick layer of regolith or dirt on top. Um, and so that also has to be part of the architecture. Now, one of the, one of the key things that the, the groups that uh, look into architecture point out is that there's being on Mars and the, in the environment, um, it's, it's going to be very difficult for the astronauts. They're going to be uh, indoors pretty much all the time. Um, and they're not going to have a lot of windows. Um, mm -hmm. They're sitting under a couple tons of dirt. Um, and, you know, there's not a lot of places to, to go and unwind. And, and so building structures and, and uh, spaces that are multifunctional and um, enjoyable to be in um, is really critical. So enjoyment, uh, being able to actually be livable is, is definitely something that's considered. Yes. So, okay, perfect. So you kind of answered my next question here. What kind of factors do you consider uh, when, when actually doing the, the project itself? Um, is architecture the only uh, factor at play or what, what other factors kind of play? Well, so to be clear in this project, we're much more focused on the building of the structure. And what we've, what we've done is we've looked at a machine that can build many different architectures. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, there are lots of technical problems that still have to be overcome in order to make this a reality. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's the sort of things that we're looking at. Um, mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's definitely, definitely answers my question. So you're looking at the, the problems that may exist um, when actually building the any any sort of building on Mars through yeah. 3D printing. Yep. Interesting. So I also want to talk about uh, maybe the other impl implement implementations of 3D printing buildings. Um, I know you spent a little time in Southeast Asia. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to ask like, do you think 3D printed buildings like these could be used in um, in these rural areas of Southeast Asia? And what kind of um, would it be sort of the same factors that that would uh, that would play uh, when building uh, these 3D printed buildings? <clears throat> so yes, um, I think that uh, 3D printed buildings could be uh, very helpful in you know sort of a third world or uh, environment. Um, the uh, housing, in particular, good reliable housing that is. Uh, can protect you against the elements and especially things like hurricanes and stuff like that. Um, mm. they're, they're difficult to build and expensive to build. Um, one of the things that, uh, that makes, um, that can make 3D printed buildings uh, less expensive is by using locally available materials. And so there are researchers looking at, for example, uh, building uh, 3D printing mud structures, um, which is, in many cases, what people do with their hands, right? They, mm -hmm. They're hand-forming mud structures. Um, the, the real question uh, comes down to uh, how expensive, in terms of actually implementing this though, you know, th these, the, these 3D printers are, are basically robots, right? 
And mm -hmm. so they've got lots of sensors and complexity and they're, you know, they're expensive. Um, mm -hmm. So taking them to the third world is absolutely doable. You're not going to make a profit doing it, which is, you know, deters a lot of people. But, mm -hmm. you know, if, you're, if your goal is uh, goodwill and providing, uh, you know, sustainable solutions for people, um, then the, that is a, a good alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, because I, I've seen I've seen a few 3D printed companies um, doing uh, most notably New Story um, and Icon. They're doing a uh, 3D printed buildings in Mexico um, collaboration. And um, yeah, I, I definitely see a little bit of uh, profit profitability might be at play, but all, ultimately it's about actually doing goodwill, uh, like you right. said. So it's yeah. definitely... Um, I think that that's definitely the focus for a lot of um, different 3D printed um, companies right now. Mm -hmm. Right back to questions about Mars here. Um, I wanted to touch on, do you see any like alternative ways to live on Mars other than 3D printed homes? Um, do you think there's, there's actually other implement, implementations that could be at play uh, that that may be able to, to allow us to do this? Well, the, the nearest term solution is going to be taking uh, sealed vessels from Earth and just landing them on the surface. So if you talk about SpaceX, they'll just land a whole bunch of starships on the surface and live in those uh, for the short term. Um, long term, the uh, you can talk about 3D printing. Um, you could also talk about um, there, there are ways of building uh, Martian brick, basically just by compressing material, mm -hmm. and then and then you're essentially bricklaying. Um, mm -hmm. There there are a lot of things that have to be handled once you've done your bricklaying. For example, sealing the building. Um, you know the atmosphere of Mars is not uh, is not breathable, mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of work to be done uh, on that front. Mm -hmm. Another alternative is to uh, dig um, to make structures uh, underground simply by uh, excavating out. Uh, the space. Hmm. Okay, that's that's interesting because I don't know if you know about any uh, Earth Earth ships or Earth homes, uh, but it, it's it's similar to like actually digging into the the Earth itself and then actually making that home um, out of that. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something that that could possibly be implemented uh, maybe um, in uh, Mars or another planet. Uh, so it's definitely interesting. Um, do you believe do you believe we could uh, possibly live on Mars one day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do think it's possible, and I think it's I, I hope that it's going to happen within our lifetime. Um, I don't know how many people will live on Mars, but mm. uh, but I think it's coming, and uh, I I think a lot of it has to do with the work that SpaceX is doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Um, do in in this project itself, uh, do you do you touch on a lot of different uh, SpaceX projects that are happening right now? Do you, uh, do the students kind of stay in touch with that um, as well? And are you kind of um, taking a little bit of a uh, kind of using it as a, a little bit of help uh, for for future projects? So I think the the motivation, the start of this project was looking at what SpaceX was doing. Mm -hmm. and saying hey this is going to be a need in 10 years and mm -hmm. so that's why that's why we focused on this and when when we motivated the students this is the, you know this is the um, the backstory that we gave you know this is going to be useful and this is why and this is 
why we're going to approach it in this particular way. Interesting. Um, some of the students uh, are really interested in SpaceX and the work that they're doing. And so they'll watch the launches and stuff like that. I certainly do. Um, but it's not something that we do as a class. Um, mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's just something that those that are, those of us that are interested continue to, to keep track of. Wow. Okay. No, that's, that's really cool. Um, what are, I, I guess we're winding down a little bit. I wanted to talk about sort of like the future of 3D printing. Um, what are your thoughts on the future of 3D print printing and what, um, what are you most excited about, um, about the future of this kind of industry? So 3D printing spans a huge range of uh, materials, scales, um, and, uh, and uh, purposes, I guess. Um, you know, there's, there's 3D printing for building habitats, right? And that mm -hmm. could be here on Earth or on Mars. Um, there's 3D printing for, you know, uh, building tools, for example, and they do that both uh, here on Earth and uh, on space station, for example. Um, mm -hmm. But then there's also things like 3D printing uh, living scaffolds uh, for, uh, for um, organs, where you can build uh, organs uh, for, for, pe for people, mm -hmm. um, you know, like uh, lungs or, or something like that. Uh, you build the scaffold and then grow cells into those scaffolds. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you, th if you think even farther, people are starting to think about, well, how do I 3D print, you know, at the uh, molecular scale? Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, yeah, I think that the ability of 3D printing to basically make any, any structure, right? It's not limited by the, the capability of the tool uh, mm -hmm. is incredible. And it's, it's, an, it's awesome. And you can do some unbelievable things with it. One of the major dis advantages right now is the speed at which it happens. It's a much slower process than uh, some older technology. And so as the technology advances um, and it, it continues to branch and people apply it to more and more areas, um, mm -hmm. it will become uh, it will become very, very interesting. Like our, our future is going to be uh, profoundly changed by uh, 3D printing at, at mm -hmm. multiple levels. Wow, it, it, it's crazy that you bring that up because I know a lot of um, different advances are going on right now, especially with even eating uh, through through 3D printing, uh, making yeah. different uh, different products. Uh, have you heard about this at all? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, I, I guess it's cultured meat is what they call it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I there was a there was a company in uh, I believe it's Barcelona that's um, that's printing uh, different steaks and different um, different um, uh, food food like materials. Obviously, it's using uh, different rice and different uh, grains uh, to make it. So it's very interesting, uh, the implement implementations of this three um, D printing. Uh, so thank you on, on that uh, for giving your take. Um, one other question here: what What do you recommend for someone who kind of wants to build three um, D printed homes in the future? And like, uh, what what advice would you give to that person? So. I think what you're asking me is they want to build their own 3D printer for building homes or they want to hire someone to do it. Oh, they want to, I guess, yeah, I guess we'll touch on like, they want to hire somebody to actually build the home itself. Um, I, because I know it's getting very, very popular right now, 3D printed homes. Um, there's, there's, a, there's one right now that popped up in New York that's on sale. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of, kind of uh, gauge your interest in terms of 
Um, what would you kind of recommend uh, for, for somebody who, who wants to actually build one themselves uh, or through somebody else, um, like a 3D printed company as well? So I guess my recommendation would be, you know, this is still a very early technology and these companies are learning rapidly. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, new people will come on the block and they'll offer their services. And, you know, I think at this point, because we are so early, um, it, it's probably it's probably worth investing or, or spending your money on someone that, that has done this for a little while because mm -hmm. they've learned a lot of the bumps and the, the tricks that they have to do in order to make it work well. You know, when it becomes a little bit more uh, widespread, um, then that knowledge will start to, to move between companies as people move between companies. But I guess the, my point is that at this point, um, the companies that have been at it the longest have experienced the most problems and know how to fix them. Okay, so yeah, they, they would definitely definitely be able to help somebody out who who's definitely looking into building them one themselves. Okay, that's a good that's a good take. Okay, yeah, no, that that's that's basically uh, most of the questions I had. I wanted to I wanted to thank you, uh, Peter. Um, it, could you pronounce your last name? Is it Star Staritz? Yes, that's perfect. Staritz, perfect. Okay. So Peter Stars, thank you so much for for being on the show today. Um, would you would you like to leave any any connections uh, for people to find you, or would you like to kind of uh, give any any information before we sign off today? Uh, I guess thank you. I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk today. Um, this work is being done at Taylor University, uh, located in uh, Upland, Indiana, and. Uh, our website is taylor.edu. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Thank you so much uh, once again, Peter. Um, I really appreciate you being on the show. I know it was uh, it's a bit a bit last minute, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate. Uh, I it was it was through one of your your students uh, that actually reached out to me. Uh, so uh, I really appreciate um, the, the the time that you spent today, and um, I hope I hope I know a lot of people will take a lot of a lot of. Um, different ideas from, from what you said today. So I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Property Marketers Show with Cole Correa. So today we will be speaking with Dr. Peter Staritz. He is a professor, assistant professor at Taylor University located in Upland, Indiana. Taylor University is a Christian liberal arts university that has been around since 1846. So Dr. Peter Staritz, with several years in mechanical engineering and robotics, Peter, Dr. Peter Staritz has achieved a BE in mechanical engineering and a PhD in robotics. He has extensive, extensive experience in the world of robotics along with his work across borders constructing hospitals in rural areas across Southeast Asia. So today, Peter, Dr. Peter Staritz will give, this, give his take on 3D printing, the future of using 3D printing on Mars, and how 3D printing works from a practical perspective. In this new episode of the show, we will speak about the future implementations of the project at Taylor University, and provide valuable insight for those who are looking for more insight into 3D printing, uh, 3D printed buildings. 
So I hope everybody has a pen and paper for this new episode of the Property Markers Show. And we will be sitting down with Dr. Peter Starts um, to tell you more about everything that's going on at the university, everything that you need to know about building 3D printing. And I really thought this, this, this interview was really, really good because he touched on the background of 3D printing. He touched on how to actually use uh, 3D printing for these implementations on Mars. So I really feel everybody, like I said, bring a pen and paper for this new episode and sit tight to hear Dr. Peter Staritz uh, give his take on 3D printing and 3D printed buildings. Stay tuned and here's the interview coming up next. Thank you and have a great rest of your day, everyone.